Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yudalid, 14. Three main topics. First, the source that the deadline for vegetables to decide what their fiscal year is, uh, is cutting. What is the source for this law? And related to this is also the source that for fruits it is at the time that the fruit emerges. We're going to see two opinions about this and then see the difference between the, those two opinions because they're very similar. And then we're going to see um, why is the new fruit for trees in Shavat, either, either the first of Shavat for Bet Shemai or Tubi Shvat, according to Bet Hillel, what's the reason for that? And then we're going to see um, a long discussion on a fascinating story about Rabbi Akiva's Etrog, where he was especially, especially stringent to follow both Bet Hillel and both Bet Shemai. Betil and Betchemai, apparently. All right, so we begin with the first one, the deadline for vegetables and the source for that, Tanya. Rabbi Yoseh HaGalili Omer, Beospecha Migornecha Omigvecha. So this pasuk is referring to the um, threshing floor that's grain and wine press that's grapes. So for grain and grapes, we know that the cutoff time for them is when it reaches one third growth. Uh, so, so that's um, especially for them and anything like it. So, what's the characteristic of them that gives them that reason? With grain, it, most of its, its sustenance, its rain comes from the it, the previous year before Rosh Hashanah. It needs to get its water before that, and then once it has that water then it can continue and do its thing. So in other words, the first third of growth is what's really important for it. And the rest is goes on autopilot. And that's why it follows the previous year as long as it already reached one third of its growth. The rest of its growth is, uh, doesn't depend on the rain that will come on the next in the next year. So too, So to anything like that, will have the same law. And for this, this would come to include fruit on trees that also it needs to get water at the beginning. But then once it gets its water, it goes into the sap and that will take care of the fruit on its own. So it therefore follows the time when it emerges. Uh, once it emerges, that's it, even though it's going to stay on the tree for a long time after. But that staying on the tree for a while after to fully ripen, it doesn't depend on anything, any rain that falls after that. So it doesn't matter. That's why the cutoff time is at that point. And this excludes vegetables because vegetables need water all the time. They need water all the way up until the end. They depend on the ground that they are in. And therefore, the cutoff time is when they are actually cut from the ground we don't say that it's a third or at some point in the middle and then they go on autopilot. Vegetables never go on autopilot. So if they're cut after Rosh Hashanah, they needed that rain from after Rosh Hashanah. They're a product of the post Rosh Hashanah and they go by the next, that next year. So that's still the opinion of Rabbi Yosef HaGelidi, who's uh, making it dependent on the rain before or the rain after. Rabbi Akiva has a similar statement. It's just that he talks about irrigation rather than rain. Most water, that refers to rain as opposed to irrigation. So grain 
and uh, uh, and and um, grapes they uh, depend on rain only met aserin lashana sheavra and so once the uh, once they have that rain they're good and they don't need any further irrigation of course shegdin alrov mayim met aserin lashana sheavra so too that would include trees that also just need rain you don't have to go and specially irrigate irrigate trees yeah so you're a coach shegdin al kol mayim met aserin lashana ba vegetables however require extra water you have to irrigate them and therefore you're irrigating them all the way up until the end and so it's only when you cut them that's when they are ready that's the important time period whereas the others since they don't need irrigation they only need and once they get most of their water from the previous year and that those rains so they um, are once they get most of their growth from the rain of the previous year that's it so we don't care about the future growth the rest of the two-thirds um, unlike vegetables um, where you have to keep irrigating them. Okay, so you see they're very similar. This is Rabbi emphasizing the rain that will come, the irrigation that will come during that year. So is there any case in which they actually would disagree with each other? So we say, yeah, this is the following case. My benaihu, So this, uh, these two, this uh, seedless onion and the Egyptian beans again, that would be different. Uh, so these two species, if you uh, remove water from them, now removing water from them, you can't remove the rain, but you can remove the irrigation. Uh, why would you do that? You wanna, you're you trying to uh, conduct some experiment and make them suffer. Uh, the reason you do that is because you want them not to eat, but for seeds. So you want them to grow and kind of stop short and that's why um, you don't you don't give them any water 30 days before Rosh Hashanah. Remember, that's an important time because if it's a Shavuot come, year coming in, already 30 year, days before is uh, considered part of that year. So if you're not giving them any rain at all, uh, any water at all during that time, then then they're considered last year's crops. And if that year was... Uh, you know, if it was a Maser Sheni or Maser Ani year, it would go by the previous one. And if it's um, if it's the sixth year, then it would be permitted. So it goes by the previous year. Vim Lav. But if you did give them rain within that 30 days, Asurin Bashevirit, Umit Aserin, then they would be considered the next year's crop. And if the next year was Shevirit, it would be prohibited. And if the year said would go by the following year. So what, why? Because here you they are irrigated. So once they're irrigated um, close to into the next year, so then they're considered part of the next year. So you see that this the, these are different um, from most vegetables. Uh, and the reason why they're different is because we um, these things are you're not you're removing irrigation. If you remove the irrigation, then they have a different law. So you see, it depends on irrigation, and that is Rabbi Akiva's opinion. And so this Mishnah would only follow Rabbi Akiva and not Rabbi Oseha Galili. Okay, what I just said is only one interpretation of two. There are other Rishanim that interpret this to say that's only Rabbi Oseha Galili and not the other way around. Um, so a lot of factors, but um, the point is that that would be a difference one way or the other. All right, and now we get to the second item, which is what's the why is the new year for trees? Why are trees so different from everything else? That's in Tishrei. And that's the fiscal year 
for trees. Whatever emerges uh, as a fruit before this date will be to, you'll give ma'asid for the previous year, and whatever emerges after the, that, that date, the first or the 15th, uh, merge, the fruit emerges, you'll go to the next year. So my ta'ama. What's the reason? The reason is because already most of the rain fell. Uh, and uh, and the the winter uh, is still a long way. Is still there's still a long way till uh, for for winter. Now this uh, this the second line seems to be strange. Mike Ahmad, uh, if there's still a long time for, towards winter, then actually you should wait later. If anything, so which means uh, even though that's you have to add it even though here. Uh, so the reason is because. By that point, by the first of Shabbat or two Bishvat, already most of the rain has come, even though the winter is still going to last. The winter season is still going to last until Nisan. So we don't have to wait till Nisan because the most of the rain came and the trees got their water and that's it. Now, anything else that happens uh, is already in the tree. And so that's the that's the cutoff date. Okay, good. So now we know that. And now we get to the, the third part, which is this fascinating story. He plucked an etrog on the first of Shivat. So that's important that he's following the time when he plucked it. And it was the first of Shivat, which is the new year for Bet Shammai. And he took Maaser twice, assuming it was a year, let's say, the, between the second, uh, the, the second or fifth year, going into the third and sixth year. So then the cutoff date would uh, make a difference in which kind of Maaser you bring. If it's the second date, if it's the, uh, if it's the second year, it will be Maaser Sheni. If it's the third year, it will be Maaser Ani. And he did both. Why? He wanted to be stringent for both. If it follows Bet Shammai, then he's doing it after Rosh Chodesh Shivat. So that's already the next year. That's the third year. But according to Bet Hilel, it's Tubishvat, and he plucked it before Tubishvat. So then that would make it the second year. And so he wanted to be Machmir for both. And so that's why he gave, besides Maaser Ishan, which you have to give every year, he gave Maaser Sheni and also. Ma said Ani. Okay, this is a very interesting story because it's surprising that he's following Bet Shammai at all. Uh, apparently, this story happened before uh, it was. It became uh, mainstream that everyone has to follow Bet Hillel. People were still following Bet Shammai, and we can see, show that from other stories of Tanaim uh, who uh, who sometimes put themselves in danger or wanted to make a point and follow followed Bet Shammai. So he did both. All right. So now um, that's one interpretation of Rabbi Akiva's uh, uh, actions in Tanakama. However, Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehuda, last generation Tana, he has a different explanation. He says, Omer, the reason he did two of them isn't because he was following both Betila Bet Shemai. He was, he was uh, in conflict about a different machloket altogether. There's another machloket between these two Tanaim. And then he wasn't sure what the halacha is, so he followed both of them. Now, what is their machloket? Okay, here we're going to learn it in the next Mishnah. Titnan. Etrog shaveli lan bishlosha derachim. 
Ulyarak be'derech echad. Etrog is a special, unusual fruit, and it is like other, other fruit in three ways, but according to Tanakama, it's like vegetables in one way. So it's like a tree in that uh, if you plant an etrog tree, the first three years it's orla, you can't have use it at all. The fourth year is revai and you have to take it to Jerusalem. That's the same. And also for the sabbatical year, we go by the time of the formation of the fruit. Which is, um, if you want uh, to to decide, is this permitted on sabbatical year? As long as it was formed before the sabbatical year starts, it goes by the previous year. If it wasn't formed yet, then it's going to go by the next sabbatical year. Just like all fruit, it goes by formation. However, etrog is special because it is like a vegetable. Because um, when it comes to Maaser, is different than Shavit. Usually it's the same cutoff for Shavit and Maaser, but not for Etrog. And Etrog, you, when you want to know what year of Maaser it goes in, it will follow the time that you pick it, not the time of emergence. So you see, this is related to the story about because Rebi Akiva, he went by the time of picking. He said he picked it in um, on Aleph Shavat. And so if he's picking it on that day, and that's after the after Rosh, after the new new year for trees. Then it's going to follow the next year. Uh, however, Rabbi Eliezer etrog says no. Etrog is like fruit for all matters, and it goes by the time of emergence, not only for Shavuot but also for Maaser. And so, according to Rabbi Eliezer, since they emerged before Rosh Chodesh Shavat, so then it would go by the previous year. So the previous year was second year. He would have brought, he would have had to bring Maaser Sheni. And if it's um, like Rabbi Aki, Rabbi Raman Gamliel, uh, yeah, uh, like Raban Gamliel here, who says that you follow the, for, for Maaser, you follow the time that it was picked. So it was picked after Rosh Chodesh, um, Rosh Chodesh Shevat. And then therefore that would be the third year following the picking. And so in fact, it's this Machloket, that, that uh, Rabbi Akiva wasn't sure about, and that's why he took Maser twice. Okay, according to this explanation, it's actually a bit more unusual because it means he was following Bet Shammai no matter what. Okay, think about it, we'll discuss that. Now, mi avdinan ketre homre, first we ask a question, are you allowed to follow two stringencies? Uh, one, you want to be stringent like both opinions? We have a, this is actually Tosefta, in Masechet Yevamot, and it says, "V'hatanya le'olam halacha kedibre betilel." The opening statement is, "You follow. You have to follow betilel." But then it says something a little contradictory. On the other hand, if you want to follow bet shemai, you can. If you want to follow betilel, you also you can. But here's what you really can't do. If someone goes picking for leniency picking, he follows the leniencies of both schools, that's just the evil person. He doesn't care about following the, a, a, a true way. He's just looking to make life easier for himself. If you look for all the stringencies, I want the stringencies of every opinion, this is called a foolish person. He walks in darkness. He has no idea what he's doing because, you know, these, these are internally inconsistent. And so you have to be foolish to say, to think that you're going to follow all the stringencies. There's no need for that. 
אלא אי כבית שמאי בכולהן ובחומריהן. אי כבית הלל בכולהן ובחומריהן. Rather, pick a lane. If you want to follow בית שמאי, fine, but follow them for leniency and stringency. If you want to follow בית הלל, also just do so consistently. Okay, so that's the end of the Tosefta. Very interesting Tosefta because it seems to contradict. The first it says, you have to follow בית הלל, and then it says the rest of it. How do you reconcile these two parts of it? So the Gemara itself in the Ruvin and the and the Rishonim discuss this. It could be that the um, original layer of the Tosefta is the second part, and that's at a time when um, people, many people were doing Bet Shemai and, and many people were doing Bet Hillel. As long as you're consistent, it's totally fine. You could just pick one, one or the other, which is also what we do today. Uh, whoever, who's, who's your rabbi? Who's your prosek? Follow that, follow that sage consistently, and you're fine. Um, and then at a later point, when more and more people following Bet Hillel and the rabbis decided, no, you have to follow Bet Hillel and the Bat Kol. Um, so then the first uh, statement was added on, uh, appended, like, okay, you really have to follow Bet Hillel. Now there was a time before when you could pick uh, one or the other. Okay, so that's a way to understand it. You could also understand it all contemporaneously to say that most people are following Bet Hillel. This is not an absolute prescriptive, but you should. Everybody should do that. Okay, if you're a minority and you're following Bet Shammai, fine, but do so consistently. Okay, either way, this is a question to the Akiva, because why is the Akiva following the stringencies of both schools, right? But that, that, would, um, that would violate So what's going on here? Uh, so here's a creative answer. Bibakiva wanted to follow Betilel and Betilel only. He just wasn't sure what Betilel said. He didn't have the Mishnah because he lives before the Mishnah. And so, and he had different traditions. One tradition, like our Mishnah says, um, taught that Betilel says to Bishvat is, uh, the, is the new year for trees. But another tradition said the, the Rosh Chodesh Shivat is the new year for trees. And he thought that, we thought what we call Bet Shammai, he thought maybe that was Betilel. Since he didn't know what Betilel said, so it's appropriate that he was stringent on both. It was just a matter of uh, uh, doubt of fact uh, which one he said. So he was not, in fact, in violation of uh, picking, uh, looking for stringencies. All right, so that could be this answers the question according to the first understanding of what Rabbi Akiva did, that he didn't know Bet Hillel this way or the other. It doesn't actually address the, uh, the, the second um, uh, opinion that says he was, he was following both Rabban Gamliel and Be'eliezer, which is also two different stringencies. And this Tosefta seems to give a blueprint, right? Maybe that's why it's keeping the rest of it, even though Halakha is like Bet Hillel, for, gener- for other future generations of Mahalokot, you should also do the same thing and be consistent. Um, okay, but now we're going to address that, that second interpretation of Rabbi Akiva's story, that he wasn't um, in doubt regarding Bet Hillel Bet Shammai. And so we quote it again, Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehuda Omer, Lo minhag Bet Shammai Bet Hillel nahag ba, Ela minhag Rabban Gamliel, Rabbi Eliezer nahag ba. He was not sure if the cutoff time for fruits are um, from the time that they are emerge or when they are picked, and that's why he followed both. Now, a question on that, which I mentioned before, according to this, either way, he's using the Rosh Chodesh Shivat as the new year, which is like Bet Shammai. So why is he following Bet Shammai exactly? 
אחר בית רוק שחנטו פירותיו קודם חמישה עשר דאידך שבת עסקינן. אוקיי, this answer is a stretch. Literally, we're stretching all the way back another an 11 months, to 12 months to go to the previous Shabbat. And so we said that this etrog um, actually uh, emerged, it formed its fruit before the 15th of, the, of Shabbat the year before, which is Betilel's uh, new year. So therefore, since it emerged before that, and then he picked it after that to Bishvat. So um, Rabban Gamliel would say, Um, you go by the time of picking, so that's after, and the Be'aliyaz says you go by the time of emergence uh, for etrogim, like everything else, like other fruits, and that would be before that to Bishvat from the year before. And now in this case, it so happens that he waited a whole 11 and a half months and actually ended up picking it after the Rosh Chodesh Shivat. But that's not significant. It's not because it was the time after Bet Shammai. And so Rabbi Akiva would have done the same thing and taken two ma'asehs if he had um, picked it uh, uh, the day after Tu Bishvat. Um, because then also you would have had a, a question, do you go by the emergence, which is before Tu Bishvat, or by the picking, which is after Tu Bishvat. But it happens, so happens in that case, it's a real case that happened. He, it happened after um, Echad Bishvat. So that's why really he was following Bet Hillel the whole time. Okay, so you see how much we stretch the case to make sure to say that Rabbi Akiva did not follow Bet Shammai. Um, at, uh, although, as, as we saw, In the times of the Tanaim, there were still many, uh, many Tanaim that were following Bet Shammai, and only after it became this ironclad rule that no one could. And so we read the story that way. Okay, Ravina Amar, Keroch Uvetane. So he says, no, I have a, I have a different, uh, under, a, better, a better understanding, a better way to uh, resolve this problem of Rabbi Akiva following Bet Shammai, and that is to... Um, literally combine and teach the statement. And he's, what he's saying is that this is when he says, no, he's saying two things. Not only is it that Rabbi Akiva was not debating this machloket, also he wasn't talking about Bet Shammai at all. In other words, reread the whole story itself. That story happened on not the first, but the 15th of Shabbat. So, in fact, we not, you, not only did you misunderstand Rabbi Akiva's reasoning, um, according to the this second reading of Rabbi Yosef Bar actually it was a different date altogether. And nothing to do with Betil Bet Shemai. It was actually uh, this. So in other words, once you're rereading the story or you have a different version of the story, then make it a totally new version. And uh, it makes sense according to the first reading to say it was the first of Shabbat. So it's between the two new years of Bet Shemai Bet Hillel. According to the second reason, so Bet, um, Bet, the whole Bet Hillel Bet Shemai has nothing to do with it. So then just make it just make it to be shvat and that would make more sense all right and now we have uh some last points about this uh about the this machloket about uh between Rabban Gamliel and Be'eliezer okay regarding this opinion of Rabban Gamliel that etrog is special and is different 
from uh, is is different from other fruits in that we follow it we follow its time of its picking like we would and, and with vegetables when when we come to the decide the, the year of Maaseid. So just like you're following vegetables in terms of the uh, the, the in terms of the point at which it, it becomes required and that's picking, so too the date of its of its birthday of its Rosh Hashanah is also going to change and is not to Bishvat, which it is for other fruits and um, but rather Rosh Hashanah of Shelo uh, Tishre like vegetables for the purpose of Maaser. Okay, so that's an uh, amazing chidush. I know there's a lot of dials turning because you have to right. There's a cutoff point for the item itself and for the date uh, during the year. And so Rabbah uh, says they have to align. If you're going with vegetables, you got to go with the vegetable all the way. And now we have a challenge to this. Metibe Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar Omed liket etrog erev hamisha asar bishvat ad shelo tavo hashemesh. If someone plucked, so liket is an important word, because by, by saying liket, we already know that we're already in the realm of the of Rabban Gamaliel, who says that, and we're talking about an etrog, and so the, the time of etrog follows the plucking. That's a Bangam Liel. And he says, uh, if it's before the 15th of Shabbat, so he sees two Bishvat that he's talking about, not Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And so the rest, the whole law is, if it's before two Bishvat, uh, before sunset, and, and then he ca- takes another etrog a few minutes after sunset, you cannot take Maser from one to the other because you can't take from the new uh, to the old and not from last year's produce to this year's produce. So the cutoff is two Bishvat. And also, if it happened to be, um, it was a third year, and going into the fourth year, that two bishvat is going to shift from the third year to the fourth year, even though for other things it's for tishrei, but for fruit, the shift from third year to fourth year happens on two bishvat also. And so then the one that you've got before sunset, is going to is going to be Maaser Ishon and Maaser Ani because that's the third year Maaser Ani and the one you got after sunset is going to go to the next fourth year which is also always Maaser Ishon and Maaser Sheni and so this is a huge question on Rabba Bar Rav Huna's statement because it's the opposite Man Shemat Le Azil Batalikita Rabban Gamliel Bekatane Shivat right this is has to be going with the opinion of Rabban Gamliel because it's going by the time of picking it's dogs picking and you see that's talking about two Bishvat. And not Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. Ella it mar hachit mar. Rather, we have to reread that statement. Amar Aba Bar Rav Huna Af Al Gav De Amar Rabban Gamliel Etrog Achal Kita Kiyarak Rosh Hashanah Shelo Shevat. Actually, the opposite of what he said. He says even though Etrog is like vegetables in that you follow the time of its picking, nevertheless, the new year for it follows the same as uh, fruits, which is in Shevat. Okay, good. So we resolve that. And just one another uh, one point about that same Baraita that we should finish off. A previous Baraita that we saw above that gave us a very similar case of before sunset and after sunset talked about the second year 
entering the third year and said before sunset, it goes the second year, after sunset will follow the third year. But in this paraita that we just quoted, it gave the example of third year going into fourth year. Now, both are good examples because the third year is different from both what comes before it and what comes after it. So you know, it's the same difference. But just curious, why use one example here and, and, and then in this Etzadog case, use three and four? And the answer is to teach us something, by the way, in the tang- as a tangent, uh, Etzrogim are very sensitive to being handled. And they, they, don't, they don't do well when people are moving it around. During the sabbatical year, everything is hefked, ownerless, and everybody's coming through and back and forth and picking, and they're handling the etrog tree a lot. And because they handle it so much, it doesn't produce fruit after the sabbatical year, not for another three years. And so that's why it couldn't use an example of the second year going into the third year because it doesn't, it's actually doesn't grow in the second year after all the abuse that it gets. And it only starts growing in the third year. And that's why it uses the example of third year going into the fourth year. That's, that, that's the uh, first time when Etzrogim uh, uh, began to uh, produce fruit after the Shevi'it year. Uh, so we saw that fantastic story of Rabbi Akiva, and we learned a lot about that, of how to deal with machloket when there are different opinions, and uh, the, main, the, the main lesson is pick a lane. Baruch Adonai Amen